Welcome to Dads with Daughters. In this show, we spotlight dads, resources, and more to help you be the best dad you can be. Welcome back to the Dads with Daughters podcast, where we bring you guests to be active participants in your daughter's lives, raising them to be strong, independent women. As always, I love talking to you. I love bringing you guests that are going to challenge you, make you think in different ways, allow for you to be able to build stronger relationships with your own daughters. And today we've got a repeat guest. I love bringing repeat guests back. And Amy Lang is with us today. If you remember our conversation last time, we got into it and talked about the birds and the bees and talking to your daughters about sex and all kinds of fun stuff like that, stuff that I know you love to talk about and you love talking to your daughters about. This this week, we've got Amy back and we're going to be talking to her about some more things. Amy's got a company called Birds and Bees and Kids. She's got a podcast called Just Say This. But this week, we're going to be talking about puberty and that weird time that we all go through when our daughters hit puberty and we have to be able to figure out, okay, how do we now engage with our daughters in this way and and, and some of the other pieces that play into that. So it's going to be a fun conversation. Amy, thanks so much for being back. I'm super happy to be back. I always love talking to you and I love helping dads. And this is a thing for lots of daddies. So I'm hoping that we can be helpful and help everybody navigate this big change of life. I call it the first change of life because there's one later <laughs> that happens. <laughs> so this is the first one. Well, as I said, as you get into those tween years, and sometimes it's even before the tween years, depending on your child, you start to see some changes in your child, physical changes, emotional changes, and for any, I'm going to say for any first time father of a daughter, it can sometimes set you aback, especially if you've not grown up with sisters, you've not been in a female dominant household, you've not seen these things or dealt with these things in the past. And I know you've worked with a lot of dads in your own practice. So let's talk about that and let's kind of unpack that. What are some things that you typically tell dads or try to to talk to dads about in regards to how to maneuver in this new reality? Excellent question. So the first thing I think everyone should keep top of mind is that she is still your little girl. On the inside, she loves you the same as she always loved you. She may get a little crazy town and mean, but she still loves you the way she loves you. you know, she's always loved you, loved you. She needs you in the same way. So whatever emotional, social support you've been providing to her is something that still needs to happen. And what can happen for, you know, for dads is that as their daughter starts to physically develop, they start to pull away. And there's so much going on, you know, in our heads. I mean, even for moms, right? We look at these girls and we think, uh-oh, here we go, right? And there's all these myths and stuff around, and realities and myths around what happens when people, especially people with ovaries are in puberty. And I mean, I just said one, they get mean. That's not for every kid. And that's not necessarily true. Emotional, oh yeah. 
that's a thing, right? But knowing that they are, yeah, their bodies are changing. They're still the same person on the inside, mostly. That I think is the most is the thing to keep from, you know top of mind. Top of mind. The other thing I think, and you kind of alluded to it, is that puberty. So puberty in girls, the average age of start of start is ten, and we used to say it was twelve. But that was on a, done a study that was done on a bunch of British girls in 19, you know, 83 or 62 or whatever. They're all in the same community. They're all matchy matchy. And they, they were saying that puberty started at 12. So that's not the case. Actually, worldwide, it's 10. The other myth is that puberty starts with a period. Puberty, periods happen about two years after puberty starts. So with girls, one thing you should know is that the first sign of puberty is usually breast buds. So if your daughter has little breasts happening, then she's definitely in puberty. Sometimes you can see some emotional changes. And usually if your daughter is having some emotional up and downs, highly recommend getting a period tracker on your phone and tracking them so you know when to lay low. You know, it does become interesting because I know in my own household where I have three girls including my my spouse so I, I i say three three women in my house and it, it is interesting because those cycles tend to start to coalesce and sync up so having a tracker or having some way to know when things are coming is important and laying low definitely can be your friend and know that at least during those periods if there are more emotions and more things that are happening don't take it personally 100% 100% and you know the thing about adolescents in general is that they really are not in control of their emotions and the they can control them but not in the way that we as adults can control them like we can say to ourselves oh I'm being really mean. I need to stop doing that. Or we can think, oh, I'm really upset. I can self-soothe. I can manage myself. But for adolescents, one of the things about their two things happen, they get, they have the hormones, especially people, you know, people who make the progesterone and estrogen, we go up and down in our hormonal cycle. And so that influences our emotional cycles. And so for people with ovaries, when we're looking at their sort of emotional, social situation, the ovary havers, we have ups and downs with our hormone, God damn it, I don't know what's wrong with me. I haven't been talking to enough people. I think that's my main problem. For girls, what can happen is two things. First of all, their hormones set off emotional ups and downs. They're usually affiliated with their, connected to their menstrual cycle. The other thing that happens in adolescence to everybody is that once those puberty hormones kick in, there's a process of pruning that starts in their brains. And what's happening is that the neural pathways that are getting used a lot, they get stronger and the pathways that aren't getting used so much, they get weaker, they get pruned away. And this is all from Dan Siegel, who's a terrific human being, parent educator, physician, knows all this cool stuff. So he learned this. So as this pruning is happening, it starts in the back of the brain and comes around to the prefrontal cortex. Prefrontal cortex is where we have if-then thinking, emotional control. And so while that pruning is happening to the prefrontal cortex, they're not able to like, regulate their emotions. And so they kind of fly off the handle. And a classic example is a girl came downstairs at breakfast time one morning. I think she was in middle school. 
And the mom says, oh, hey, your hair looks different this morning. And she just freaks out. She's like, how dare you say that to me? I can't believe it. I have to go change it now. And she just comes unclued. And the mom is like, what just happened? Here's what happened. She was in this state of mind where she could not do any emotional control. We call it lid flipping. So her lid was, she flipped her lid. And the mom is like, what the hell? They get in the car, they go to school. She comes home from school later and the mom says, hey, we should talk about what happened this morning. And her daughter says, I don't know what you're talking about. So it's this crazy combination of not being able to regulate emotions like kind of flying off the handle. And you may remember this from when you were a kid. Everybody does it. And then so that happens. They don't remember. And so one of the things for you, especially as their father, and I think this is much easier for dads than it is for moms for a variety of reasons, which I think we're going to talk about. Because men tend to be less hooked in to stuff. They tend to not, they're not as emotional. So if your daughter's losing it and you're like, oh, this is a little crazy town, your job is to just be quiet, make soothing sounds, ask if there's anything you can do for them, and then just wait. And usually they settle down and usually they settle down. And I think that is something in adolescence that most folks don't know. And then, you know, girls get double whammy because our hormones make us, that happens to us. They make us more emotional. And then this brain thing's going on. But the good news is, there is good news, that girls tend to be basically done with puberty by the time they're 16, 17, they're ahead of boys by two years. So it can be pretty rocky, but you can see it like a turnaround, especially in that emotional stuff by the time they're about 17, usually not everybody, but that's sort of on average. Anyway, so that is a thing everybody needs to know about. So you just mentioned the fact that at times there's going to be a different dynamic between a mom and a daughter. And I know as a father that I've seen it, I've experienced it. You have to ride the wave at times when there is that clashing that does happen. But talk to me about that and, and what is happening during that period of time and what dads need to really know about that and realize about that to be able to, to best support both individuals. So the thing we have to remember, I don't know what it is exactly because I remember this with my own mom and I, she drove me crazy. I couldn't stand her. She made me nuts. If she asked me, I have this clear memory. She asked me to close the curtains and take out the garbage. And I said, which means I was on the end of this time of life. And I said, I don't want the curtains closed. I don't want the garbage take out, taken out. Do it yourself. And my mom was great. She didn't even respond to me. Like, I don't know what she said, but she didn't even respond to me. So there's something that happens. Like you said, there's this dynamic or can be this dynamic. It's not with every, it's not with every mom daughter pair where it's almost instant conflict. And I think there are a variety of things happening. So the daughter has her like pushback, like, I don't want the garbage taken out, do it yourself. Totally impolite and rude thing to say. And then the mom says, hell no, like you can't talk to me like that. And immediately just engages in that fight, right? She just jumps into the fight. And I think it's sometimes that lack of respect I think it's moms, frankly, are busy and frazzled and take the on the bulk of the household management and oftentimes the emotional load. And so here's this human being that was formerly lovely and now is a total, I'm going to say, asshole. So they're awful. And so then it's like, I do all this stuff for you and you can't 
you don't like you don't you don't appreciate me and then i'm sure there is some old family stuff and how they were parented and their conflicts with their moms if they had a mom in their life and it all just lands in this snarl and no fun to witness no fun to be in and if you are daddy-o are witnessing this your main job is to stay quiet don't pick sides breathe deeply be a calming influence and then wait it out now there are times when and one thing i would highly recommend you do if your spouse or your partner is willing to do this is if you know, talk about, okay, you know, this happens between the two of you. Is there anything I can do to support you in the moment or afterwards? And, you know, you can also say, I'm pretty sure you're not having any fun when that's going on. And it's always the adult's responsibility to be the one that's getting their poop in a group and figuring out how to handle that relationship. It is never the child's job. It is never the child's job. So you could have a conversation with your partner and say that, you know, what can I do to support you? Uh, one thing that works really well with human beings who have flipped their lids and are kind of losing it, especially if they are grown and agree, is to have a secret signal, which could be something like just as simple as you get in their sight line and you're like, you're like, do jazz hands and be like, eh, and see if that helps them to calm down. And, you know, sometimes you're going to have to intervene if it's getting violent or people are being really crazy and loud, you might need to just step in and say, okay, y'all lost your marbles. They're going to get, they might turn on you. You just like keep it to say, what can we do here? This isn't working. Why don't you, why don't you, why don't you go that way? You go left, you go right and we'll come back. And it's a hard place to be. So, but I think if you can be compassionate and loving and supportive of your spouse first and get them some kind of plan of help, um, and then go to your kiddo and just say, hey, you and your mom, what's happening? Very high chance that they will say, I don't know, or call her 17 different names or, you know, blame it all on her and all that because that's their job. So you can say to that person, you know what, you know, I know you probably don't like this. You know, any, any ideas of things I can do to support you, see what they say and you can do the same thing, right? You can say, how about if this is going on, we have a secret signal. Everybody has the same secret signal. <laughs> I think you're crazy. You look crazy. But also just telling, you know, your kiddo that you're there for them. You understand this kind of stuff happens. You're happy to talk about it afterwards and be that kind of support for her. And the thing you have to remember in all of parenting is this too shall pass. This conflict stuff, it's pretty much the highest from 12 until 16. Sorry, do you want to count the years, Chris? No. Okay, y'all do the math. So it can be a long time, but the sooner you all have family meetings and talking about how we're handling conflict in our family, that also is another thing you can do is just when everybody's chill, like, what are we going to do when this happens? And remember, the person in puberty is maybe not going to remember and maybe going to be a little wild about this, but at least you've had the conversation and you'll just hope that something sticks. And hopefully that will help. Now, earlier you talked about the fact that as your child is going through puberty, one of the things that sometimes happens is that dads pull away. And, and I think that some of that is just the fact of not understanding or not being able to relate, not being able to empathize with their daughters because they're 
your daughter and not your son, and you haven't gone through that experience with them or like them. But at the same time, as you said, they need you even more. So what are some tips? What are some things that you would recommend to a dad to be able to make sure that they are not pulling away and that they're maintaining that relationship when their child really needs it? You know, I think one of the big things you can do if you haven't already been doing this and maybe you just start doing it now is have daddy-daughter dates. We've always talked about this, right, Chris? Having daddy-daughter dates, which means you have an unbreakable date with your child. The younger they are, you can do them a little more frequently, but definitely once a week. And so you establish that this is our time, Sunday afternoon from X to Y, unbreakable date. She gets to figure out what you do. So you give her some power in that. Of course, you, you know, negotiate it, but, and let her take the lead. So it may be stuff that you're like, oh God, please don't make me go shopping. It shouldn't be anything online. Uh, maybe some gaming if there's something you both really like, but I would leave that for more casual, like, hey, I'm bored, what are you doing kind of stuff. But this date should be something that's fun, something that's that you both like to do for the most part. This is where she can take the lead. Um, and something that you, that is you're agree in agreement, like you'll do this, you know, make it a priority. So that's one thing you can do. And that way you have time alone together where you can kind of keep up with her and see what she's up to as she's getting older, you know, having conversations with her about her friends and her friend group and what's happening. You know, they are all on the social media, which is horrible for girls and talking about what she's seeing, what she thinks about the things she's seeing, how her friends are doing this third person thing works really well, especially with adolescents. So, you know, what do your friends think? And that might get you to a conversation about what she thinks. You know, the other thing too is there's a great book called Celebrate Your Body. And I would highly recommend that you get it and read it so you know what's happening to her physical body. And it gives you, it'll give you some great language. And so you just have some insider information. Now, you don't need to say, I have this Celebrate Your Body book. I've been researching. And on page 120, it talks about body odor. You know, none of that. So you can kind of have a better, like an insider look at what's happening to them physically, emotionally, and socially. So that is one thing you can do. The other thing is, like I said, she's still your little girl. She still likes the things she likes. She's still, you know, y'all are going to have your jokes and your interactions. You want to keep that up. She's going to pull away. That is what happens in adolescence lessons and you should anticipate and expect that and don't take it personally that's the thing that happens i think is a lot of times you know the daughter starts to pull away and the dad's like well she's not interested in me anymore and doesn't make any effort and that is something that you should not do so make sure that you are engaging with her you are having conversations you're hanging out together in some way but one big tip with these people, all people, this is universal, is that as you're watching her like emotional rhythms and her, you can watch her, you know, energetic rhythms as well. But as you're watching her emotional rhythms, you'll find that there are times when I call it lucid, when she's more lucid than at other times. So that is usually, unfortunately, for those of us who like to be in bed at 9.30 or 10, around 9.30 or 10 at night. And they tend to be more chatty, more open, more, just more kind of, I'm going to say normal, but kind of back to their old selves. So 
watch for that and take advantage of it. So if you know your kiddo is chatty at 930, then that's the time to say, hey, what's up with your, how was your day? What, what happened in your math class? When they get home from school, the first time you see them at the end of the day, do not ask them any questions. They will love you forever because frankly, their moms are probably going to be like, hey, how was your day? What did you do? How was your test? How was your practice? What's going on? What's the plan? And get all like chitty, chitty, chatty. Some people, everybody does that. But so really good thing you can do for your child is to say, hey, nice to see you. That's it. We're having X, Y, and Z for dinner. You could even say, do you want to go to X place or Y place for dinner tonight? So don't ask them anything personal, no decision-making. And if you, you'll be, it'll be really interesting for you to see. So if you don't do that, you say, here's snacks, nothing else. They usually come around in about a half an hour because they've been keeping their poop in a group all day. They've been not freaking out. They've been not flipping their lids. They've been staying stable. And so they get home and they just need to decompress. And so if you're peppering them with questions, they're not going to decompress. And what will happen with that is you'll be calmer. You can tell your spouse, whoever you're parenting with to do this too, but everybody's calmer. Interactions are less Looney Tunes and it'll, your family life will be more fun and they'll be more fun and they'll see you in a different light because you've stopped doing that pestering. And, you know, I think we can all appreciate that, especially people who are introverts. I am not introverted, but, I, you know, when my spouse comes home, I don't talk to him. He gets a, you know, gets his magical drink and gets his crossword and I don't talk to him because I know he's been extroverting all day. And I wait, and usually it's about a half an hour, and then he's happy to chat about whatever. Me? Chatterbox. Like, talk to me, but I've been home alone all day usually, so that's why. So those are some things you can do that are maybe not, I don't know, like, I don't, what do you think, Chris? Any other ideas? I'm open to your magical brain too, of course. No, I think that what you said was uh, amazing, and I think that those are definitely some things to to, to do. Um, I've definitely fallen into the 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 uh, pit or the pit of of asking too many questions when they first get home and and they need to decompress. But I and I'm married to a introvert and I am not an introvert, so I've had to learn that through the years as well. Is I've got to give them give her her space um, to decompress and when she gets home. Uh, just like you said you do for your partner as well. And and because of that, I mean, you have to know your kids and you have to understand, you know, what makes them tick and how they work. I mean, because if you know that it's going to set them off, then why do you do it? Why do you keep doing it? You don't want to keep doing it because you're going to get the same result. Right, which is a lot of grunting and annoyance and fine, right? fine, okay, no, yes, right? That's not a conversation. That's not a conversation. So yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that I think is one of the things that we can do for everyone, but for if we're talking about your girls, so gotta just, this is for them. It's for you too. And even if you just try it, you know, you're, you listen to this, just try it today. Just try it. It's one little piece of homework. See what happens. It is hard. It is hard. 
So maybe find a way to reward yourself for your hard, hard work, right? So, you know, as we're talking, there's one thing we do also need to talk about. We need to talk about gender. And this is something, especially in starting at about 11, 12, girls right now are having an entirely different experience of their gender and sexual orientation and information about it than they ever have in the history of ever. And I think this is probably something that for lots of parents is confusing. And in particular, I'm making some assumptions, but in particular for dads who've always maybe had their girl who suddenly says, I'm gender fluid, I'm not a girl. I now use they, them pronouns. So I don't know, what do you think? Do you wanna chat about that? Yeah, that'd be great. I think that you're right. I I mean, I think there's more and more conversation about this, that it is more accepted now to have these conversations at an earlier point in time, but not every parent is ready for those type of conversations and being able to to have some tools to be able to start those conversations, I think is important. So what kind of tools would you would you throw at this? So here's what I would throw at this. Uh, first of all, whatever they tell you, no matter how old they are, believe them. Because, you know, our sexuality and our gender is something that's inherent to who we are, it's really important that parents be supportive. And if your child says, I'm gay, and you're thinking, I just had a mom actually ask me a question about this. And she said, uh, were there any signs? Did we miss any signs? And she was worried that she'd not been supportive enough. And so if you have a kiddo like this mom who's like, she didn't, I didn't, what's happening here? And you just can't tell by looking. And so if they say I'm gay, then you believe them. The reason you need to believe them is because LGBTQ kids have a suicide rate that is four times higher than the general population. And that, of course, is the last thing we want. And the number one thing that keeps those queer kids on par with the general population is parental support. So even though on the inside, you might be thinking, I don't think so. I'm freaking out. I don't I don't agree with this. You need to take care of your own business on your own and believe your child. So that's the first thing. And one sexual orientation is one thing. But the other thing that's happening that is a little bit different is kids changing their genders. And I don't see this as it's not a phase necessarily, because again, it's about a fundamental part of being human. It's more exploration. So they have this bigger world to play in. You know, they have this opportunity to think about, you know, am I a girl? Do I identify? Do I feel like a girl? Maybe I feel like a boy. Maybe I feel like both. So they're in this space where they can get a lot of information online. A lot of peer groups are, are having, like they've all decided that they're a different gender. They're all telling, you know, that's what they're, where they are. They're exploring being, being a different gender. And again, it can be really confusing because you can have this girly girl who suddenly announces I'm, I'm a boy. And you're thinking, where did that come from? And fully trans kids are really pretty rare. And then I've said the word gender fluid. Lots of folks don't know what these words mean. So someone who's gender fluid feels like they're sometimes a guy, sometimes a gal, they kind of drift back and forth. Those kids usually use they, them pronouns. And again, it just need to hold it lightly and wait and believe them. And this can be really hard. It can be really, really hard. 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And and just some other resources that I will share with you today. We had a great podcast that was out just a bit ago. It was called Accepting Your Child for Who They Are with Joel and Richie Gearing. I highly encourage you to listen to this if you want a perspective of both a father and his child and the uh, the journey that they went on themselves. It was a very eye-opening experience. There's another one that we did a few weeks prior to that uh, called Improvisational Fatherhood with Jim Young, uh, who also talks about the journey that he was on as a, as a part of being a father with his child uh, that was transitioning and in a different gender than what his child was when they were born. So we've had some different conversations through the life of the Dads with Daughters podcast that can allow for you to be able to think about things in just a little bit different way. So I encourage you, those two specifically are two that I think will help you to think about things in a little bit different way. Now, Amy, you've given a lot of pieces of advice today. You've given a lot of pieces of tips. If people want to find out more about what you do. I know you have a book out there. Where should people go to be able to get more information? Thanks for asking. I have a podcast. It's called Just Say This. And I answer questions from parents. They call in, leave me a voicemail, and I let them know what I think. It is potluck. It is not for children. A lot of swearing and ranting and my straight up opinion. And the thing that I like about it is that it's all ages. So I have a question from, I had a question from a mom who's got a four-year-old who won't let go of his penis. And then I'll have a question from a mom or a dad about their 16-year-old daughter who's dating and they're worried about how to have the sex talk and negotiate all of that, which is a concern for a lot of dads when they're daughters are heading into that land. So I have that. And then I also have an online course called the Birds and Bees Solutions Center. It's actually a library of about 95% of what you need to rock the sex talks and be your kiddos go-to person. And my Birds and Bees and Kids, my website and Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. But if you are a podcast listener, I'd say podcast is the best place to hang out with me. And the easiest, right? Definitely the easiest. All you need is to turn on your ears. We're doing that all the time. We do it all the time. We use them all the time. Well, Amy, I just want to say thank you. As always, it is amazing to be able to reconnect with you and to have you back again. And I wish you all the best. Thank you. Thanks so much for trusting me with your dads. If you've enjoyed today's episode of the Dads with Daughters podcast, we invite you to check out the Fatherhood Insider. The Fatherhood Insider is the essential resource for any dad that wants to be the best dad that he can be. We know that no child comes with an instruction manual, and most dads are figuring it out as they go along. And the Fatherhood Insider is full of resources and information that will up your game on fatherhood. Through our extensive course library, interactive forum, step-by-step roadmaps, and more, you will engage and learn with experts, but more importantly, dads like you. So check it out at fatheringtogether.org. If you are a father of a daughter and have not yet joined the Dads with Daughters Facebook community, there's a link in the notes today. Dads with Daughters is a program of Fathering Together. Find out more at fatheringtogether.org. We look forward to having you back for another great guest next week, all geared to helping you raise strong, empowered daughters and be the best dad that you can be. We're all in the same boat. 
is full of tiny screaming passengers We spend the time, we give the lessons We make the meals, we buy them presents Bring your A-game Cause those kids are growing fast The time goes by just like a dynamite blast Calling astronauts and firemen, carpenters and muscle men Get out and be the world to them Be the best dad you can be Be the best dad you can be